Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Kissing at red lights and holding your hand, all so exciting, don't understand what happened. Yeah, what happened? We went from calling and texting at least once a day to missing you for two weeks straight. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Now I'm sitting all alone staring at my phone. Second guessing every answer. So why did I need a mathematician to figure it out, figure it out? Can't seem to make things add up right. And I know love's not an exact science, but the chemistry seemed a bit one-sided. Don't know how to get back the initial reaction. And so I'm gonna burn these textbooks, throw away those notes I took so sad, but it's true.
Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Alex Allegra with Love School. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello. Hello, fellow. Um, you know, I, I always hate the name podcast. That's like ridiculous. <laughs> fellow podcasters. Interesting that the end of song with a drum fill. I, I love that. Drum I thought, line thing. I thought it was very I cool. It was very, very kind of cute, very clever. Yeah, you know, I like the, uh, the simple addition. I didn't need a mathematician. Really good energy. <laughs> it's funny. You said something funny last time. We're like those two Muppets, those two old guy Muppets. <laughs> you know, I, like those I, I don't know what their names are, but we should. <laughs> they're up in the balcony. We should find out. And, the ones and up uh, yeah, the, the old, old ones who kind the of old, riff, they're, they're like two old they're dudes. Like, yeah. They're like the older Bert and Ernie. Up in the balcony, just <laughs> might, might, well, you know, guys. Those. <laughs> Boy, that sucks. <laughs> no, but I, I thought that was. I thought that I, I liked your voice. This song could have some legs. It's got a good, really good vibe. I, I, yeah. I think that uh, she did well. What I like about her too is she actually reached out to us because she had some artists that she did rounds with who were also featured on the podcast that told her about it, and she advocated oh, for wow. herself. She advocated Excellent. for herself. So Excellent. love when artists do that. We're the hot ticket, man. Come on, you're yeah, not. Well, that's well, right. That's true. Well, we just yeah. got that one submission that all of us thought was a joke, but they're legit. So I mean, <laughs> you never know. If you're in Nashville and you're an artist, what's your one priority? I got to get on the 9420 podcast. You know, if I, if I want my career to do anything. <laughs> no. We could I, end up being that. You never know. That is an interesting uh, question. What is your number one priority? It's to be on the, the podcast. Anyway, a couple of couple little, not bones or peeves, but... Rants, maybe? No, nah, just things to say. One thing... You don't remember, like, you know, like last year, like they inducted Dolly Parton into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And initially, yes. and initially she declined it because she goes, I'm not rock and roll. But then for some reason, she reassessed and, and accepted. So because of it, she said she's going to make a rock album now. And she did. She made this it's rock so album. Cringy. Let, it's let me just let me talk. Cringy. Let me talk. Oh. You know, she had, and she got, she had, she even did a, a remake of Let It Be with Paul McCartney and Ringo. It's funny. Paul McCartney plays the piano. It's like Elton John's on it, Pink's on it. So she has this new song. Her first single is called Worlds on Fire. I have to admit, it's not ridiculous. Oh, I see. I think, I think the exact opposite. I think it's completely and wholly ridiculous it could have been more ridiculous it wasn't you know given, it could have been more <laughs> no I, it could have been embarrassing it wasn't that ridiculous i'm sorry you know I, it's, i'm not running out to get it but you it's know, almost like pat boone in no it, it's leather not, do, doing tutti fruity it's funny I, I didn't think that you know and i'm pretty cynical but i thought it was like I know, I know. it was okay you know it was okay she, even the video she's wearing leather and, and she's 75 and <laughs> like pat boone right yeah <laughs> Anyway. A fun fact that I learned about her, though. Daniel um, Boone. <laughs> we, we have to. We're walking a, a, a very thin line here because if you diss Dolly, you're we don't we you're in we deep don't want to. I don't think we want to diss Dolly. Pretty diss Taylor, so might as well diss Dolly. We can diss Taylor. We can't diss Dolly. <laughs> we can't can diss, diss Dolly. But you, um, that's that's cancelable. 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 Yeah. But um, yeah. a fun fact. About I'm Dolly, saying. I'm saying it's good. You're the one dissing her. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> right. I know. I'm saying it's a fine line. So a fun fact about Dolly that I learned when I was able to be a part of a private tour start thing with Joe Galanti is he, who obviously he knows Dolly because she was on the label with him, 
but she's more successful today than she was like 20 years ago at like the absolute height of her career. Like she's oh, making yeah. way more right. and doing more stuff than she was like in the early 90s. Oh, it's well, crazy. she's an absolute genius, and she's and she's like I think approaching sainthood. There's no question. It's she's got a this. park. <laughs> so my question to that is, since we obviously have this Taylor, do you think when Taylor is 74, she could become like that generation's Dolly Parton? I don't know. Dolly Parton has always been kind of a cartoon anyway. So I don't know. We'll see how Taylor ages. We we won't know. I get, we'll be dead anyway, so I won't know. I think Dolly probably strategically grew her audience with the film and television stuff of the 70s and, and 80s. Recently saw a movie. I can't remember which one, but Taylor had a little um, little cameo at the beginning of the movie and she can act so if she follows that approach and she 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 becomes more than just a singer to Mm -hmm. a lot more people i think she can she can do that well she makes Um, she makes those long form videos you know yeah where she's like acting in them and stuff so i think maybe she's on her way i think everybody wants to be in the movies so we loved so we loved dolly but all lanes are not Dolly friendly. Stay out of the rock lane, and you and and you'll be better for it. My next thing, this whole AI duet thing. Yeah, have you become aware of this? Yeah, AI man, duet? this AI thing. It's just like you can like um, put like someone's voice into this program, and it can learn the voice, and then you can have the voice sing other songs. What I find That's amazing, creepy. you know, who's become the the most prevalent of this. The Beatles. They have John Lennon and McCartney singing all these other songs. Like, you know, again, the Beatles are like the biggest thing in AI, even. Yeah. They're still, why do they still seem to resonate? It's like, it's crazy, right? Well, I think the familiarity of them as as artists is, is, is a huge factor. I mean, I was recently listening to just like this kind of mix of Beatles songs courtesy of my friends at Spotify. It's extraordinary. I mean, you can you can listen for 2 hours and recognize every single track. Mhm. You know. And you don't even and you don't even like the Beatles really. Uh, well, I mean, it's not that I it's He's not just that, not to uh, your It's level. not that I don't like them. I, I yeah, I, I mean, Bebop Deluxe is my Beatles, you know? I mean. My third and final little thing I wanted to mention and then mm. I'm done. Then I could just go home. But is um, <laughs> I heard this someone explaining about um, the algorithms of Spotify. I didn't realize this that so Spotify how it works. People will like a song and they start listening to what kind of songs they like, and they're noticing that they like songs that don't have a lot of intro. They like songs that don't have lead guitar. They like songs that have a certain tempo. So what what I'm hearing is that artists are starting to write songs to fit the algorithms, that they're, they're not having intros, they're not doing leads. So basically, Spotify is dictating the artist's output, as opposed to just, you know, have you, do you know anything about that? Yeah, I I haven't heard that, but, you know, it would make sense. I mean, I'm still trying to come to grips with the idea that music is now free. People do not pay for the mechanical reproduction of music, and it's killing me. It's killing me because I think the industry 
is upside down. I think that there are people making money in the industry, but they're not the people that are creating the work. And it, it bugs me to no end. I get it. And I get so, what you're saying. So it's like what you're saying is like, so I always thought to some degree, I thought that rock stars and musicians kind of got paid too. There was a while where they would get, it was like baseball salaries. They were getting too right. much money. But, right. but still they should get something. But what you're saying is, the money's still being made. It's just not going to the people who are creating the music. Correct. Right. And it is it's it's killing me. And I you know Which I is totally unfair. If the money's gonna be made, the people who make it should at least share in it. The people who put in the work to actually do it all should right. make it instead of just the people who give it to others for free. Yeah, well, I don't know how that worked. I don't know how that happened. How did that happen, Greg? Well, uh, I think it happened by the creative people, the human nature of being a creative person. You don't want to deal with any of this stuff. You know, you don't really want to deal with the managerial administrative aspects of your career. So therefore, you just say, okay, well, where do I sign? I'll sign it over here. And somebody else essentially takes it from you. You know what? I I hate to have to admit I did that where I left it to the That's her job. You know, I I can just concentrate on my music and she's taking care of my career and let them deal with it. And I just stayed out of it. I let these people run the show thinking, you know, they know best. And I got yeah. kind of screwed. So, and it used to be it used to be pretty evident, you know, when you were getting screwed, when you were at the top of the charts and you weren't making any money as an artist. Uh, you ask the label where the money goes, and they tell you, you know, to get back out on the road and shut up. So it used to be fairly obvious. That's a, that's a great song on uh, Night at the Opera. It's called um, Death on Two Legs, it's called. It's a great song. Yeah, that's a great song. And it's song. about their manager. like my favorite Queen song. So Queen is like, they're selling out like gardens, and, and they're selling records, but they're broke. <laughs> and, they're going, and, yeah. and the managers are like taking jets and stuff to places, and they're going, <laughs> exactly. what's going on here? We're like doing so, all this work and touring like maniacs, and I live in like in a, a studio apartment. I can't affect... No. It's like... Oh, and, man. And, and, and now, nowadays, what you have is you have, you know, it's it's a little more veiled, but basically it's whoever is responsible for uploading what you created to Spotify, they are likely being paid or have the potential to be paid, but you're one person or one company or two companies removed, so you may never see anything. Now... Plus the fact that you now, the way they've set it up, I get to include your music in my service, but there are so many other billions of songs up at at my my service that I've set the bar so high that unless 20 million people stream your damn song, you're not going to receive any money. Anyway, enough nonsense. Do we have more music? (laughs) We do. We have one more song by Alex called Color Bloom. The industry we tolerate. Yes. I'm sick of it. But before we listen to Alex's next single, why don't we hear from our unofficial official sponsor, Bongo Java. 
This episode is officially, unofficially sponsored by Bongo Java. Bongo Java, the birthplace of the 9420 podcast. While Bongo Java got its start a year earlier than 9420 in 1993, in 1994, Carl and Greg's relationship got started. And in 2020, Carl and Greg visited Bongo Java to create this podcast that you listen to. For more information on Bongo Java, go to bongojava.com. to come fix all my problems or are you gonna ruin my whole life kept finding myself living in the shade and shadows instead of seeing all the light always just a yes or no right or wrong or maybe so wasn't nowhere to be found kept looking high and low Now I see that life's not black and white There's a million shades in between Pink, purple, red, and green From the brightest of yellow To the darkest of blue Now I'm seeing life in full color blue Kept looking for someone to give me all the answers Show me how happy I could be needed was to recognize the one who was staring back at me Looking up into the sky to see the stars that shine so bright Are the ones I hung myself All the clouds blew away, lifting all the doubt and gray To view the beauty in my life And now I see that life's not black and white that piano intros it reminds you of like an old-fashioned like cole porter song or something right yeah it's cool it's really and then i like the end that that just single chord chiming ding 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 yeah this this, this, this chick's that, that, kind of cool that, that, that song is very very syncable she's kind of well actually song. do you want to hear a funny 
story. Not even a funny story. A funny thought. No, that we, no, no. Excuse me. We want to hear a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> no. So when we'll be the judge of that. Nicole. When I was first listening to the song, when she submitted her music, immediately my daughter goes, "Mommy, that's from the Barbie movie." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm listening, and I was like. Oh, you think that this is Life in Color, which is like a one of the Barbie movies songs that she does about princess and stuff like that. But I was like, you're right. This is syncable because it literally sounds like something that's already been synced. So. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's just got that feel. Didn't we ask our, our super duper we, questions? We to this? did. We asked Alex to answer our questions of the week. That's the first All right, question. So the first question that we asked Alex is to tell us a little bit about herself. Hello, my name is Alex Allegra. I am a Nashville pop artist, which means you get fun, danceable, catchy pop hooks and melodies mixed with storytelling country lyrics. I'm originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania, and moved to Nashville about five years ago to pursue a career and education at Belmont University. Storytelling and songwriting have always been a big part of my life ever since I was in high school when I quit musical theater and dance to actively go out and play shows and sing my original songs to people. That's what led me to wanting to come to Nashville any way possible, and Belmont was the perfect opportunity for that transition. Ever since being here, I have wanted to release new original music, and I got the chance to do that first two years ago with my song Love School that I wrote with my friend Justin Love. I was so thankful and grateful for the success of that song, and I'm so excited that I finally have another single out on March 20th, 2023, called Color Bloom. And it is a look into my dealings with anxiety and stress and learning to love myself the way that I am. And I'm so excited for people to hear a little bit more of an emotional side and connect through my music. She's very thorough. You know, not only she does she is. give That's not only does she true. give her description of what she is, then she defines the description by telling, well, what that is is, you know, like that's that's pretty cool. Uh yeah. Belmont's got a lot of talented folks attending you they know, do Belmont's, uh, doing doing a good job we love belmont maybe they'll become our unofficial f- official sponsor <laughs> <laughs> across the street from bongo java <laughs> is belmont university <laughs> it's getting to the point where there's so many talented people in the world it's becoming almost like moot like the world well, just music is free the world is just becoming so. just talented so it's like <laughs> it, it's almost canceling each other out <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's too much competition. Well, what, what, no wonder. Well, what's, what's that? Remember that old free. newspaper? They used to have this thing. You know, you're too Nashville if, and it was one thing they right, said. Right. You know, you're too Nashville if your if your landscaper has a Grammy. You know, like, <laughs> and that's where it, that. that's where it's become. We're yeah, like, absolutely. there's so many great songwriters. Puts everything in perspective. So much good music yeah. out there. Like, you know, that is so Nashville. You know? So Nashville if is what they used to call it. It was the scene. It was the local rag, the newspaper. Yeah. In the movie Nashville, I remember years ago, there was like the guy gets in the cab and he's coming to Nashville the first time to be a, a star, right? And he gets in the cab and he has a guitar and the cab driver goes, so what do you do? He goes, I'm a songwriter. I'm, I'm here to make my, my name in music. He goes, yeah, I had a number one a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like. Exactly. It's, I mean, it, that's just the way it is, it's man. Funny. And it's like, it's even worse now. I mean, you know. Music Row does not exist. Right, it's over. Uh, it's a bunch of million-dollar condos. 
they knocked all the little indie businesses It's horrible, down. right? It's, yeah. And I, I, yeah. I, I moved out of there in 2005, so it's changed drastically yeah. since then. Mm-hmm. Before, yeah, 2005, that it was still a little vibey, right? Um, you know, a reasonably uh, fruit fruitful enterprise. Yeah, but I first uh, came down there in '90s, so it's even then, you know, I, I got it's just right, weird. Yeah. Anyway, do we ask? Do we have other questions? We ask these people. We did. We asked Alex to tell us what music artists have inspired her career so far. Artists that have inspired me throughout my career go back to sitting in the car listening to my dad play Billy Joel and Elton John on repeat. My first musical experience I have is singing along to You May Be Right by Billy Joel. Then it transitioned into more pop music and I was a big Disney kid. So, you know, Miley Cyrus and Selena Gomez and Allie and AJ were a big inspiration because I saw that you could play guitar and be a female and write your own songs. And then Taylor Swift obviously came after that. And it was a really big eye-opening experience that all these females were so empowering in my life that I felt like I could at least write. And then when I finally got enough courage to put myself out there in the public after writing for so long was when I found country music. And that really opened up my world to a much more mature kind of sound. And I'm a big fan of artists like Charlie Worsham and Kelsey Ballerini and Maren Morris, who dive so personally into themselves to produce music that's so raw and genuine. And that was the direction that I knew I needed to go next. And it's kind of come full circle now when artists like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift are still so big and really inspire me to do more. We almost went an entire episode without mentioning Taylor Swift. So let's just not. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to elaborate. She's, she's great. We have to elaborate. She's great. I, I, I love her perspective. I also think that you can't go wrong with Billy Joel and Elton John. You can't. As a kid, as a kid in the back seat. That honestly, yeah, so, Billy, no. Billy Joel, Elton John, and John Mellencamp are probably three of the first artists that like I truly remember like listening to and enjoying and jamming out with our family. So. You know, I have like it's yeah. funny. I have a I have a friend on Facebook who like made a reference to Billy Joel and and all his friends like dissed him for it. Like Billy Joel gets this bad rap for some reason by a lot of people. Right. Like he's not serious or he's too something. But I don't care. I think you know. I think he's a great writer. I think he's a great yeah, writer. He, is a great writer. he made some great records, and like all he knows, he's still at the garden for four years straight. <laughs> like he's still well, doing he, it. He's actually in Nashville tomorrow. He's playing out. He's playing Nissan. Can he sell out Nissan? I think he's going to sell it out probably because I don't think. I know that my friend in the neighborhood's going, and I don't think you can there get tickets you anymore. That, that's a little testament to a guy who hasn't released a record in, in 25 years, and he, he can still sell out Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And he's yeah, a New York, yeah, Long yeah. Island guy. So, Well, you know, I mean, the reality is that both of those guys, Elton John and Billy Joel, they, they basically were legitimate rock people that became so popular and crossed over so many genres that they actually moved into and created 
pop music of of the 70s. Well, for some reason, because so, he was English or something, Elton always was more of an artist than Billy Joel. It, right. Coming in, and back right. in the 70s, anyway, Elton was always like right. kind of cooler or, or hipper or edgier, you know, with Mad Men Across the Water and that stuff where Billy Joel was always yeah, this Long Island guy. Very edgy and very poetic and, yeah, kind of... Uh, Vienna and, like, uh, she's always a woman. Like, he wrote some great stuff. Like, I yeah. don't know. Those are, like, standard songs, so, right? Yeah, well, I don't think we've ever had Billy Joel even mentioned on this show yet, have we? Uh, maybe very few and far between, but this is probably right. the first episode where we've actually said whether we liked him or not. So, and she's young, and she's mm-hmm. naming Billy Joel and John, which is kind of cool. And I and I get the I get the impression too that she may be a little more Team Miley than Team Taylor, and I'm a huge Miley fan. So yeah, I like Miley too. That, she's kind of cool. Miley's great. Yeah. So then we ask her the final one last stupid question we have. <laughs> we did. So we asked her, "What is one?" service in the music industry that is currently not offered to independent music artists now? Some services that I think would help indie artists a lot while pursuing music is having something similar to a Spotify pitch for platforms like Apple Music and Amazon Music and Tidal and iHeartRadio especially. I think that would be very useful and able to expand indie artists' promotion to other places other than Spotify so we're not so bombarded on Spotify with the overwhelming access that everyone has to it. I think diversifying some of the platforms would be really useful and helpful. Well, I heard they just banned TikTok in Montana. Did you hear about that? Yeah, yes. Montana just banned TikTok. So I think we got to start a, we got to start a little grassroots movement where we have to ban Spotify from America. The problem with it is that the technology works so well; it's so intuitive. I mean, I was a naysayer for years, and then you know, as you all know, I started using the ninety four twenty account. And the next thing I know, I'm like, this is my go-to to hear music because... You hated Spotify. Uh, uh, I hated it forever, but now I, I think it's based on the you know idea we need to that ban, I like... I think we need to ban algorithms. <laughs> you can have the technology. It's good technology. You can go log on and get your stuff, but this algorithm stuff's got to stop. What do you think? Well, I don't know, because it doesn't matter. Because, I mean... It matters. The, People want to discover new music. Nope, no, they you, don't. Yes, they do. Nobody wants to know anything. Yeah, they do. They just want to hear I what they, they like. Do. They just play what now, they like. Now, radio will tell you, commercial radio from 50 years ago will tell you that you can't make any money playing people new music. You have to play things that are familiar to them. That's why they have playlists of six tracks that you hear over and over and over again. Anyway... Are we done with this again? How, I, think, I think we're close to being done, if not done. Well, I, I, I will say this, that I, I, I like her take very much. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like she, Alex. She's cool. She alluded to the idea that what if, and I've been talking about this for a year or two, what if commercial radio decided they were going to create a streaming presence and stream from their platforms, from WBEZ or wherever wherever the case may be, but I would be able to stream indie artists via radio and also have that available at some time during the broadcast day. Why don't they do it? 
You'd be a streaming service that was syndicated to all the radio stations. I, that's what iHeart so does. So let radio get involved in streaming. So I'm saying bring more radio into the fold and it actually have them create that little platform that is all about indie artists and see what happens. The problem is we're getting to the point where we don't want to hear programmed radio anymore we want to be able to even with tv we don't want to watch when they want to tell us we want to be able to watch yeah, what we want to watch stuff. when Absolutely. we want to watch it yeah. we want to hear the music yeah. we want to hear when we want to hear it we don't want to listen to the radio anymore but that creates the discovery problem because i don't know i want to hear it if i don't know that it exists so you know i have to hear it somewhere and be exposed to it to decide whether or not I want to hear it again and again and again. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, uh, Greg. I don't either, but... What's the answer, Nicole? Answer, what's the answer, Nicole? I don't have an answer, believe it or not. There is no answer. That's the answer. Nicole's answer is, I think it was, we better get on. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. No, that's just, just, just for fun. <laughs> we we haven't had that in a few music weeks. Music is free. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, everyone. Twenty four twenty, where music is free. <laughs> hey, music's free everywhere. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the ninety four twenty podcast. For everything that we spoke about in this episode, you can go to our website, which is ninety four twenty dot com. That is the numbers nine four and the letters T W E N T Y. Until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. 